You're listening to the Eaglemont Church Podcast. It's a privilege this morning to, uh, as we did a month ago, uh, have a morning where we heard from the global workers, most of them, that we as a church get to support in prayer, financially, and, and hopefully, hopefully some of you find your own ways, and I encourage you to do this, um, whether it's on Facebook or other, other ways to, as God leads you, to, to send that email of encouragement or just reminder to them that you're praying for them. Uh, you can pick up the prayer sheet that has all their pictures and a little bit about what each of them are doing. We want to uphold these good people in prayer. And there was a, a couple of couples and families that could not be with us four weeks ago. So this morning, I thought, you know what, we, we want to include them in this, uh, this time of emphasis and reminder uh, regarding what God is doing in the world, around the world, and we as a church family get to share a little bit in that as we uh, back them in, in some finances and, and prayer and other ways. So, yeah, it's a privilege to have Jaron and Cindy Hildebrandt and their family here and Ryan and Ashley Solomons. Uh, Jaron and uh, Cindy are going to share first. It's been cool to watch how God's hand has been on Jaron. Uh, and Cindy, known Jaron longer, longer period of time, and God's hand on his life, even growing up, and uh, it's so cool to see him and Cindy just uh, say, "We're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna really go," and they are in Thailand, and you'll hear more about that in just a moment. And then uh, right after uh, Jaron and Cindy share, Ryan is coming, and uh, Ashley's gonna be cheering him on from the third row here. So if you hear that, woot woot. You know, just feel free. Um, and Ryan's going to share. Ryan, uh, for those of you that are new to ECC in the last uh, few years, uh, you may not know that Ryan was our youth pastor and our church's uh, very first youth pastor. Um, came to serve in a volunteer capacity, actually, when we first planted this church uh, 11 and a half years ago. And uh, then served, uh, served so well over numbers of years uh, as a youth pastor in that role. Uh, and he he came at that point uh, early on as, with just a heart to to serve the mission, and then came on part time for a while, and then and then full time, and then seeing God's call uh, both uh, for uh, on him and Ashley to go again, to really go, and they are ministering and uh, working for God in Ukraine. So we're going to hear about that. So uh, Jaron. Or Jaron and Cindy together, whatever it's going to be, you come and please welcome uh, welcome both of these couples and families to our gathering today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Pastor Marlo. Uh, it's great to be with you this morning. It's been a couple of years since we were here last, and. Every time we visit, it really does feel like we're among families. So that's a pretty cool feeling. And it's also really neat to be here on the same Sunday as Ryan and Ashley. We spent a lot of time together during college years. I slept on their couch a few times. We, one particular trip that stands out, uh, one Friday after youth, we all jumped in a car, drove to Vancouver for a Coldplay concert. And then on the way back, our other friend, who will remain nameless, took a wrong turn out of Kamloops. And so it took... That's a little bit longer getting back than I, we were planning on. But anyway, great to be here this morning. Uh, ECC has been with us every step of the way since we left for Thailand almost seven years ago. And we're so grateful. Your prayers and support really are making a difference. And then last summer, 
uh, you sent a group of ECC's finest and Pastor Jeff <laughs> to serve with us for a couple weeks, and they really were a, ter a terrific blessing. Uh, they helped us move some things forward and open new doors of relationship with some really key students. And, <clears throat> and so thanks for sending them. And we also managed to have a bit of fun along the way. Most of you would know Jeff quite well. He's the kind of guy you say, Jeff, there's no way you can finish an earthquake, which is eight scoops of ice cream. And then Jeff finishes an earthquake. Uh, and if everybody wanted to know what Jeff looks like as a Thai warrior, uh, I can help out with that as well. There you go. You'll never get that picture out of your head. Um, we have two kids. Lucas is five. Uh, Abby is three. They were both born in and have grown up in Thailand. Uh, shortly after we got back to Canada this time, Lucas commented, like, everybody here speaks English really well. Like, nobody can speak Thai. Uh, Thailand definitely feels like home for them, but because of their blonde hair, blue eyes, they really do stand out, and so they are enjoying flying a bit more under the radar back here in Canada. My wife, Cindy, and I and our two kids uh, have been serving in Thailand's deep south for almost seven years, and we live in a city called Hat Yai. And when you look at a cutout of the map of Thailand, some people say it looks like the head of an elephant, and then when you go all the way down the trunk of the elephant, Almost to Malaysia, you find our city. Our city, it's almost a million people. It's a mix of religion and culture. And south of our city, towards Malaysia, you find a group of Muslim people. There's 3.5 million Patani Malay Muslims and less than 300 followers of Jesus. Again, I'll say that again, 3.5 million, maybe 300 Christians. That's like being the only Christian in Beaumont. And then the rest, so that's one third of our city. The other two thirds are made up of two different Buddhist people groups who are also much less than 1% Christian. And so it's numbers like that that explain why we've chosen to live where we do. Our focus in our city is on university students and young leaders. I teach English at Southern Thailand's largest university, and each week, about 300 students pass through my classroom, and they have the chance to interact with a living, breathing follower of Christ, many of them for the first time. Through English conversation, baking, cooking classes, Friday night games, volunteer service trips, like we did when ECC was with us in the summer, Christmas parties, Easter parties, all this kind of stuff, we open our home and our hearts to students and allow them to discover what followers of Jesus are really like. Everything we do is geared towards seeing students studying the Bible in small groups, obeying what they've learned, and immediately sharing what they've learned with other people. And so when you think about us, think about people like Sue. Uh, she's in the middle. She's a science major who joined a baking class and then a cooking class and then Friday night games and then finally a Bible study group. Pray that she would fully understand the good news and choose to follow Jesus. Think about Tan on the left. She's an English major who just found out that her mom is HIV positive and I was the second person that she told. As the only income provider, in the future for her family of five, at 20 years old, she feels immense pressure. 
praying that she would discover that she doesn't have to trust only in herself, but that she can trust in Jesus. Think about Guang. She's on the right. She's a student who loves baking, and then during a recent short-term team visit, had the opportunity to interact with and discover more about what Christians are like. And as she said goodbye to her new friends with tears in her eyes, pray that it would lead her to inspire the source of these Christians' love. Please, please pray for us and our students. We know that prayer makes a massive difference. In fact, in places around the world where people are coming to Christ in large numbers, one of the key characteristics that has been identified is what's been called extraordinary prayer. It means it's not just enough for Cindy and I to pray for our students, but we need you to pray with us. And so we're developing a bit of a prayer network uh, and so if you want to commit to praying regularly for us and wanted to receive some quick, not flashy with pictures, but just quick prayer updates so you can pray more specifically, just sign up with me at the back after the service. We'd love to have you join the prayer team. Um, and if anybody wants a little reminder to pray, we've got a bunch of these prayer cards to give away. I don't want to take them back to Thailand, so help, help me get rid of them if you can. Um, for many years, we prayed for people to join us. We were on our own, and that definitely came with some difficulties. But God heard and answered our prayers, and we're so excited. Long story short, uh, the group of people you see in the photo were serving in another part of Thailand. We got in touch with them through a mutual friend, shared our heart that we'd like to open a student center cafe. And they went away and said, yeah, we'll think about it. A few months later, got in touch with us again and said, yeah, we want to help you do that. We want to come to the city. And so right now as we speak, they're renovating an old house. By the time we get back to Thailand early July, they'll be up and running. We have a team, and our space that we were dreaming about is becoming a reality. And we don't have to run it, which is even better. So we're so, so excited about that. Um, and that's not all. Oh, uh, you see her there. Uh, she's a Northern Thai girl and a graduate from our PAOC Bible College in Bangkok. Uh, and she has a heart for students and a heart for the South. Uh, she's moved down South with us. So it's a different culture, a slightly different language, and very different religion uh, than she's used to. But she's been so key on our team already. Uh, o studies English at the university and then attends all of the baking and cooking classes and all that other stuff that we do and makes connections with students. And she's already been a huge catalyst in helping us launch our first Bible study back in January. Sometimes as believers, I think we're hesitant to share about Jesus with our friends. But in the last few months, Cindy and I have been reminded that God is drawing people to himself. He's speaking to people and many people are really longing to hear more about him. 12 students who didn't know anything other than Jesus was a name that Christians use sometimes have now been studying the Bible for the last 12 weeks. And they've discovered the foundations of the Christian faith and most importantly, have had the chance to get to know Jesus and those who act as his hands and feet on this earth. One of the students that I mentioned earlier, Sue, wanted to know more, so O gave her a Bible, and Sue started reading and reading and hasn't stopped. O would meet Sue for dinner, and then that in the evening, they would be reading the Bible together till 1 a.m. O is like her friend, her older sister, and a tangible demonstration of the love of Christ. 
And it's been so cool for Cindy and I to be able to kind of be in the background and see those things happening. Why do we help students learn English? build stronger relationships with each other through fun and have all these new experiences? Why do we have 60 students come through our home every week? Why do we live away from our families and raise our children in a culture that, and language where they don't fully understand what's going on? Well, because we believe that God wants students like Sue and Tan and Kwang to have an opportunity to choose to follow him. Romans 10, 14 to 15 says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Thanks so much for sending us. We're so grateful to be a part of ECC missions. And when you support missions at ECC, it's people like Sue and Tan and Kwang who truly benefit. I've shared a lot so far about what's been going on in Hatyai, where we live, with university students. But I also have the opportunity to help lead a foundation called Imagine Thailand. And so I wanted to share a quick video with you this morning that lets you know a little bit more about what's going on in other parts of the country. Take a look. We believe in the potential of what is not seen. You know, every building, every material thing that we see around us is all built by somebody first in imagination. Everything is created twice, first in the mind and then with hands, and that's what we do with a nation. You begin to imagine this nation with a divine, a divine perspective, and then you begin to shape your life according to it, and that's really what we want to do. By building a bridge into communities of need, we provide clean water, we provide educational resources, we provide learning centers, we provide leadership training. These are all ways that we begin to provide resources to communities so that they can improve their own life. So something as simple as a cup of water has allowed us to not just give physical life on the lips of a child, but has then opened the door of opportunity to introduce him to something that's far more life-giving than even a cup of water. We have the opportunity to introduce him to spiritual life too. One girl that is symbolic of what we do is a girl who came on our very first ever trip to the south of the country. University student, wanted to be involved, wanted to make a difference in the country. That deeply impacted her life. It was a beginning for her of a journey, a journey where she not only discovered more about herself, but began to discover God, began to discover a purpose for life and a destiny. And she's now making a difference in other people's lives, in other communities, and she's beginning to orientate her life and fashion her life so that it will be a life of service. Every time when I see students, I can see potential of me in them. They probably think like me. And I can. I think it's a great opportunity to share that I wasn't a Christian. I was like you guys. But now I am a Christian. And you can be a part of our family too. They tell us what's important to them. 
and then we try to meet that need. So the things that we do, while they may not always seem connected, they are things that the community has identified as being valuable and that we feel that we can contribute to and hoping and believing that that would give us the permission to not only demonstrate about the love of Christ, but to speak about it. I really feel like we've been given an opportunity to lay another plank on the bridge that one day we might be able to see uh, something transformative happen in not just an individual's life, but again, in a university student's life, in a child's life, in a migrant worker's life, that they might be changed, that their community might be changed, that their nation might be changed, and ultimately that this world might look like a different place because people are committed to building bridges into people's lives. So Imagine Thailand works to build strong communities in many different ways. And it looks different in each of the four areas in Thailand that we serve in. You saw footage of clean water systems, of an after-school learning center where some of our amazing Thai staff are serving. But at, our focus as a family is in, is in Hat Yai, and it's on building a strong community of university students. In the video, you saw a student. Her name is Jao. And she's kind of like the poster child for what we personally desire to see happen in the lives of students. A student comes into contact with us or one of our team members, yay, we have a team, and then somewhere along that journey discovers a purpose for their life far greater than they imagine, and then as transformed people, they begin to transform their nation. When we were sharing at a church in Winnipeg a few weeks back, someone came up to us after the service and said, well, you guys are so brave living on the other side of the world. And I appreciated what she was getting at, but I told her, like, I don't feel especially brave. Cindy and I know that we're not special. Sure that we, we have our each unique gifts and abilities that God has given us, and God's wired us differently, but we're not remarkable. We're just normal followers of Jesus who are trying to be obedient to some of the things that Jesus said all of us ought to be doing. In many ways, our ministry, what we do in Thailand, is no different than what each of us is called to do, no matter where we live. We live our lives alongside people that don't know Jesus on purpose, and then we build genuine relationships and look for open doors to share good news. We've got big dreams for the city of Hat Yai. Our Crazy dream is to have 25% of our campus engaged in small groups that study the Bible. It's a crazy dream. Our campus is like 20,000 students. But it's something that we're praying for because we know that God has a heart to be in relationship with these students. And so we're taking what we feel are the right steps to see a dream like that become a reality. And so I guess my challenge for you this morning as individuals and as a community of believers is to begin to look at the world around you a bit differently. How have you viewed your role in mission? The Great Commission passage that we all know so well in Matthew 28 tells us to go and make disciples. And this applies to all of us, not just people serving overseas or pastors all of us. Notice it doesn't say go and invite people to church so Pastor Marlow can make disciples. Notice it doesn't say 
if you feel a special, unique call to overseas work, then go and make disciples. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that everybody should be serving on the other side of the world. No, not at all. But I am saying that responding to the red letter command of Jesus to go and make disciples is not really optional. Our choice is not whether or not we're going to obey, but our job is to figure out how we're going to be obedient. God has placed each and every one of you in a unique set of relationships. Friends, family, people you work with, people you play football or racquetball with, okay, people you go to the gym with, whatever. And part of going, a big part of going, is taking the good news to those relationship networks or connecting with new networks in your community or around the world. And then allowing God to use you to make disciples in those spaces. You might be thinking, I've never done something like that. God couldn't use me in that way. Well, I could give you a bunch of biblical examples of people who felt exactly the same way. Like, God can't use me. And God used them anyways. But the best part about all of this is we don't have to do it alone. In Acts 1, Jesus is talking to his followers, and he tells them to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit shows up. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to be witnesses for Jesus where we live, where we work, with our families, and around the world. We're not alone. God, through his Spirit, walks with us every step of the way. And so I'll challenge you with a few points here as I close. Just, I challenge you to find out what God is doing and do it. Find out what God is saying and say it. Find out where God is going and go there. Find out who God loves and love them. And find out what breaks God's heart and then let that break your heart as well, both to our neighbors and to the world. Thanks. Wow, thank you. I think we can go home after that, Jaron. Thank you. Well, it's really good to be back um, at ECC this morning. And I, I just... I do still think Jaron and his family are brave. Um, to just to just to think about the ramifications of of just bringing Jesus to people that are um, where there's so few is just incredible. So thank you, Jaron, for that awesome challenge. Um, grade five and six kids, you can go off to children's ministry. Have fun. After all these years, still dismissing the children. So there we go. <clears throat> so for those that don't know me, uh, my name is Ryan uh, Solomon's my wife, and our three children. We live in the in the bustling city of Kiev, uh, Ukraine, and uh, there we get to um, reach people for Jesus. There, uh, Kiev is estimated between four to six million people. They have no idea how many people are actually living in Kiev. Uh, the war in the east pushed people towards the center, and um, it's still happening to this day. And, and so there's a lot of 
action where we are in the capital city and uh, lots of people and lots of um, political things and, and all those sorts of stuff. And so we get to, to reach, train, and equip leaders there, and, and we're so excited about what God is doing. So really what we do is we reach, train, and equip future leaders of Ukraine with the hope of Christ. That's kind of our tagline. That's what we get to do. We do that kind of three ways. I'm going to quickly go over those three ways, and then I want to leave you with a bit of a challenge. Um, the first is we've developed a, a youth, youth ministry Ukraine, we call it. And it's basically an avenue where we can train and develop uh, uh, youth pastors and leaders to, do, to reach the youth uh, youth culture of Ukraine. In communist times, youth weren't allowed to actually go to church. You had to be over the age of 18 to be allowed to even go to church. So youth groups didn't exist, nothing of those sorts. So when you complain about youth group, just think that entire generations of people didn't have it. So just go. Just be involved. Support Pastor Jeff and what he's doing here. And then get your, your, your students to invite their friends to youth group. Because at some point in history, people weren't even allowed to go to church if you were under the age of 18. And that was the case with Ukrainian students. And Ukrainian students, um, so we've developed this program to kind of to try to outreach to those Ukrainian students. Uh, this past year, we went to the four corners of Ukraine uh, to gather some data. And we, we learned a few things. That Ukrainian students are much like Canadian students. They have a sense of no purpose. They feel like they will never make it in the future. And, and so those are things that break our hearts. And, and, and through that, we're able to develop uh, some, some resources for pastors to work alongside their students. The second avenue, which we do things, and you're seeing photos there, is uh, we, we partnered with an a organization called Reduga. And Reduga basically has the same mandate. They want to reach the future leaders of Ukraine. And we, do, uh, we partner with them on, with, through camps and through project-based learning and project-based camps. And Oleg and Lena Vasilevsky, uh, they started this in 1994. So it's a Ukrainian-run organization. And we just get to serve them. Uh, there's no strings attached to the relationship. Uh, we just come in and we just say, hey, what do you need from us? Uh, what can, how can we serve you? And we just serve them. So you see uh, that picture of Ashley in one of the camps there. And um, like this girl in, in this picture absolutely adores Ashley. Just everywhere she went for the entire week, uh, she was just like a little, you know, like a, I don't know what those fish are called under the belly of the whale, you know, the ones that just follow. That's what she was. And um, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way. Um, so we get to do these camps and outreach with these students. This year we started an internship program, which basically aims to bring young adults over to Ukraine to serve in our English camps. Because uh, basically all you need to do is bring English with you and you get to serve and and spend a whole week. So we actually have some, some young adults coming this summer, and it's going to be an awesome, amazing time. Uh, 98% of the students that come through uh, the camps in the summer are completely unchurched. And they, have ne they don't, they seen Jesus in a church. They don't know the story of his hope. 
Um, and it's, it's amazing. So last summer I spoke about 30 times in about 27 days through these camps, just uh, having a biblical message without all of the other stuff. And then uh, the, young, the young adults, the other people, um, the, the counselors in the camps uh, share their story of faith. Also through Reduga, we do training and, and stuff throughout the whole year. So this, this coming year, we have the really exciting opportunity to do the HEROES program. So we're translating it into Ukrainian. And HEROES program basically is teaching students uh, character, integrity, uh, all of those things. And so actually a public school has invited us in to do that weekly, which we're super excited about. So please pray because those things can fall apart really quickly. And um, so just pray that that'll actually come through. And then finally, our, our third avenue is that uh, we became youth pastors again. I swore I'd never do youth ministry again uh, after I went to Ukraine. And God kind of said, hey, listen, there's all these jam students. And they don't have any hope. And they, don't, they will not go to a traditional Ukrainian church. It's just not going to happen. And so God opened the door for us to oversee the city, Kiev, which is basically an English-speaking youth group. And these JAM students come. We have missionary kids that come, and we have expat kids that can come. And if you can think about how crazy of a different of worldview all of those different students come with, you can times it by 10 because uh, it's just incredible, just the differing views. And, and so even some of these pictures you see, they're like, you're like, man, that's not very significant. They are so significant. Um, we've had all sorts of different things, like any comment from uh, <laughs> some of our MK kids. I don't want a Ukrainian friend. Seriously? No, I don't, I don't want to be friends with them. And just watching God just transform them over a year to the fact that they'll actually interact with each other and having students actually share their faith has been an incredible journey for our family. Uh, one of the JAM students came, and I, we do, like, you know, service and stuff, and I spoke, and he comes up to Ashley after he goes, so how much do I owe Ryan? And she's like, sorry, what? She's like, well, how much do I owe him for the, the message tonight? And Ashley's like looking at him like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I need to pay Ryan, don't I? He thought his whole worldview of who God is, is that the, you pay the priest. So Ryan's the priest for the evening. Ryan spoke, and therefore, because of that, I get money. Now, I could make a lot of money doing that. I thought, man, I mean, this is a business plan right here, right? I should start giving baskets out, you know? But their whole view of God is like that. That's their worldview. That's where they're coming from. But why is any of this important? Why is it important that Jaren's in Southeast Asia? Why is it important that you're here? Why is it important that you run a youth group or do a children's ministry? It's because of this one thing. Uh, Lenin actually said this. Just give me one generation of youth. Give me one generation of youth. 
and I'll transform the whole world. And if you look at every single dictator of our time, they don't concentrate on the generations older than 18. They concentrate on the youth. Hitler knew that. Stalin knew that. Lenin knew that. They all knew the power of teaching and influencing youth. And you don't need to go far to realize that if you want to have influence on the world, you reach youth. Uh, Tom Walker wrote uh, these lyrics in 2017. It it reads like this. He He wrote this song basically about his drug addicted friend. And he said, he said this, he said, if you look into the distance, there's a house upon a hill guiding like a lighthouse. It's a place where you'll be safe to feel our grace because we've all made mistakes. If you've lost your way and I will leave a light on. And the first time I listened to that song, I got really offended because in, in the lyrics, he says, like, you know, he talks about drugs and I'm like, well, that's bad. And then you think about that. I will leave a light on. And so often, what happens in our Christian life is that the older we get, it's like a dimmer switch. The older we get, the the more we turn the light down. We just keep turning it down and turning it down. And things of this world seem a little bit harder. And we just keep turning it down, turning it down. We leave it up to somebody else to share their faith. And we just keep turning it down. Till eventually, the light's off. And we're sitting in the dark. And Jesus actually had something to say about that. He said it this way. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I have the immense privilege of living overseas and not being involved in all of the, the stuff back here. And sometimes when you leave, you can gain some perspective. And this is my challenge this morning. God never left anything. And you're like, well, what is he talking about? You see, we, we as Christians, we kind of sometimes think that God has left things. So God, we're not, we don't pray in the schools anymore. So God has left the school. I work in a godless workplace. So God is not there. Let me assure you this morning that every single day you walk out of your house, the light is going with you. You are actually bringing light into those places. So when you leave your house, God has not left the school. He goes into the school every single time a youth goes into the school that's a follower of Christ. That is what is happening. 
Every time a student in southern Thailand walks into Jaren and Cindy's house, they are showing light. I, this last picture, is it, this hung on our door of our house. And every day I walk past it like it means nothing. And one day, a few months ago, I stopped dead in my tracks and I thought about this. And this is true for every single one of you in this building today. When you leave your house, you carry hope with you. Some of us get to do that overseas. But wherever we go, whether we're on vacation, whether we're on, you know, just a normal day going to school or going to work, we bring hope to people. We are carriers of hope. So, in essence, you are the light of Beaumont. You are the light by extension in Southeast Asia. You are the light by extension in Ukraine or any single one of the, 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 the people that you prayer and, and uphold with prayer through ECC missions. You are by extension light in all of those places. So be carriers of hope. Let your light shine. Don't turn it off. Everywhere you go, carry hope, the hope of Christ, to those that are so far from it. Thank you for your support over the years and just loving our family. And um, we thank you so much for ECC, your, uh, your family, the family of ECC. And um, continue to pray with us as we, as we, as we work to to bring hope to the world. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan and Jaron, for sharing this morning. Such, well, great information for people that are invested in the work that you're doing. But not only great information, great inspiration to see what God is doing and to be reminded great information, great inspiration and great words of challenge and personal inspiration for how God can use us here. I shared uh, four weeks ago, that simple little verse acts one, eight, some of Jesus last words to his disciples, promising them that they could carry the big, big mission that he was leaving them. And how could they carry it out? How can we carry it out today effectively? Jesus said, I'm going to heaven, so I'll send the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. And as I mentioned four weeks ago, I'll say it again. Many of you know the original word, dunamis, from which we get the English dynamite. We're not just talking a little spark here. Power. You shall receive power, Christ followers, so that you can be Witnesses for Jesus, the verse says. Uses different locations, but for our purposes, where? In Beaumont or wherever it is you live. In Alberta, in Canada, and to the ends of the world. What a privilege to be about 
that mission. And Ryan, I love that. I love that dimmer switch illustration. Friends, don't let that happen. Keep your hand off that dimmer switch unless you're going to boost it. And we boost it through prayer. We boost it through saying, Jesus, baptize me in your spirit. We boost it through reading his word. We boost it through giving to mission here and overseas. And what a privilege to be able to use. We're such a resourced place. Economically challenging times, yes. But wow, in comparison to the countries and the, and the individuals that we've heard about this morning. So very resourced. To be able to use those resources for the work of God and the advancement of his good news message. What a privilege and, and way to go, church. At the end of 2017, we, we finished over. This isn't an offering appeal. Next Sunday is our missions giving Sunday. We just, if you're not engaged in that, join. Join. You can have a part in, in financially in, in what's going on. Because you pray where your money goes. You care about where your money How did Jesus say it? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're not given to missions, hey. And you start, and you know that some of that money through ECC is going to Thailand and to Ukraine and, and other places. But, and you wake up the next morning and you read something in the newspaper about one of those countries. Oh, oh it ca catches your attention in a new way. Privileged to be able to do that together. But where we live, where God has called us to live out what it means to walk with Christ and to, and to make disciples by reaching them and mentoring and, and modeling and, and encouraging. Where God has called you to do that, neighborhood, family, workplace, maybe down the road to go. You know, I think of Jeff Shellert this week out in B.C. with Samaritan's Purse and just the different opportunities that God brings our way. Where we get to do this, wherever it is. If we will depend on the power that God gives, we'll see God use us in some amazing ways. Let's allow him to use us where he's planted us. So I want you to think about your week, who you're going to be in, engaging with, who you're going to be interacting with, the clients that are going to come, the boss that you got a meeting with, and oh boy, you, you need God's grace, or whatever the scenario is. And the, the, the interactions with people you're aware of, and the interactions with people that you don't know, will come your way this week to be available, to be filled with God's power and grace, and engage with people as a representative of Jesus Christ. You know what that is? That's being on mission. You know what that is? That's putting your fingers on that dimmer switch and boosting it and say, Jesus, use me. And so, Father, I pray right now for everyone who follows you, who knows you, who loves you, who knows you and loves people and wants to serve their world. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we would live out our own church's mission statement this week in new and powerful ways. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close this morning, I'm going to ask Jaron and Cindy and Ryan and Ashley to come. And stand down here and face uh, church family. 
And I'm going to ask the rest of you to stand right now. And I'm going to ask uh, uh, council leaders uh, any, or anybody that wants to come and gather around these two couples. We're going to lay our hands on them as a symbol of our agreement in prayer and just take opportunity. And if you can just move forward a little bit, folks, so that people can gather behind you or in front of you. And uh, we're going to lift them up in prayer and ask God to, to minister to them, to provide for them, to protect them, to use them in ways that, I mean, we've heard some cool things and doors that God is opening this morning, but that that would be just, um, just the tip of the iceberg. And so if you know Jesus and you want to agree in prayer in this moment, you can do it in a a uh, visible way and invite you just to reach your hand forward to these couples this morning as I pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts to your church of evangelists and 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 the apostolic uh, calling of of the missionary to go to 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 be a trailblazer to be to be just an entrepreneur in in a in a place that is not their home we thank you for that uh, gifting that ministry gifting in Ryan and Ashley and in Jaron and Cindy and so this morning, we just, we both honor that and we, we, we seed into that with prayer and ask you, Heavenly Father, to just guide them by your spirit, by your word, by circumstances, by conversations with mentors and missions that they have. Lord, I pray that you would continue to guide their steps and lead them increasingly into meaningful and, and impactful ministry of your gospel, that your gospel would have, have power and continue to, to, to see that they would continue to see life change, eternities changed because of what they are giving their energy and passion and time to. What a privilege as a church to be able to be a part of that in a very small way. And Lord, we just pray as a church, we would be faithful in our prayer for, uh, these global workers and all that we support and the ministries that we support outside of the, the one you've called us to as a church, but that we would be faithful in our prayer and our encouragement and our giving financially to make this good work uh, continue to happen. Lord, we pray for your protection on them as they travel. We pray for your guidance. We pray for your wisdom. Uh, we pray for safety for their children. We pray that their kids, um, in, in wherever they are, in, in uh, schools, and as they grow uh, in, in their years, in, in, a, in a place that is um, a different country than their, their parents' home, that, and all the challenges of that, Lord, you would just help them as children to grow up to love you and serve you. Keep their hearts um, free from any kind of bitterness or resentment or, or uh, just, uh, just, just pray, God, that you would protect their little minds, that their hearts and minds would be dedicated fully to you, even at these young ages that they are, oh God. And Lord, we give you praise for all that you're going to continue to do through the lives of the Hildebrands and the Solomons. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Eaglemont Church Podcast. For more information about us, please check out our website at eaglemontchurch.ca.